Oh. I think this are for all of us to. It's a form of education just so that, like, we can. Like, since we deal with so many different types of things on our podcast, like, speaking about somebody like Alan Watts fits perfectly for us, so. Right. But, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to say, like, religious-based. And I'm not, like, attacking any religions. No. We're not theologians (laughs) either. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, like, it's just an objective way. Right. Um, I think the only real way to understand... We talk about a lot of global or like national landscape. So we thought it was interesting and we we're going to talk about it, but um, Gnosticism <coughs> is a collection of religious ideas and systems which coalesced in the late first century AD among Jewish and early Christian sects. These various groups emphasized personal spiritual knowledge above the orthodox teachings, traditions, and authority of religious institutions. Okay. So that was a little more information, but Yeah. So that So humans beings contain a piece of God, the highest good, or a divine spark within themselves, which has fallen from the immaterial world into the body of humans. So like everybody has a piece of God in them. Yeah. Like that's probably like why he has the thing, the YouTube video where it's, it's you are God. Mm-hmm. Uh but that's like an interesting like thing that happened in religion that like even early on people were like questioning like well is there even like we can't see it there's no proof mm-hmm. uh and then they like look inside themselves i feel like that idea is cool that mm-hmm. but that's this is this is also like contrary to most other religions where right. like you're it's separate like it's usually one or the other. Either it's like unity, which is way less common, yeah. or it's the Trinity, where like God is separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what Alan Watts said in this lecture seems very like anti-religion. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, and I think he was trying to preface that he was not anti-religion. Yeah, but he was saying like, like who needs religion? I think he actually said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the the main thing is like everything's good in moderation. Right. And like he described it as like religion should be like a practice, like art or like dancing. And it shouldn't be like, what did I write down? Like a lifestyle. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was talking about like, you don't do religion to like try to attain something. It's more like you just do religion because like just for the real, like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. And that small piece is what creates such huge differences. Like, and why I personally wasn't in the church as much because like, it felt as if like it was, they were, most people were participating in the religion as like, because they were doing it. So they didn't go to hell or like, mm-hmm. so they could go to heaven. But it's like, that in itself just like undercuts why you're doing it because right. you because you have incentive like doesn't that make it so that you're there's like a selfish intent yeah and like you're not doing it because you're supposed to be doing it you're doing it because there's incentive right and then like he also like ties that back into like meditation and how if you're meditating with like the with like 
the intent of like either like what like clearing your mind or like you know seeking enlightenment becoming enlightened then like you're not going to be able to meditate because the act of meditation is like just being present with everything mm-hmm. and like observing everything going on in your present reality mm-hmm. um so i thought that was cool i feel like that just that notion whether it be for like religion or meditation i feel like it could be used in like everything and like that's kind of how you uh one like contribute to society but also like sort of find out what you want because if you're doing i also read the refuge recovery book this morning Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how like all addiction is suffering like all addiction just creates suffering not only to you but like the people around you Mm -hmm. um and it's all just because of the attachment to like, oh, if I get this, then I'll feel better. Or mm-hmm. if I get this, I'll be happy. Um, where it should just be like, oh, I'm doing, like, I should be doing this because I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And then, like. That's such an interesting thing because it's interesting. You're just, like, not supposed to be, like, seeking. You're not, like, actively seeking an answer. You're sort of, sort of just observing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I know that there is a connection here and I want to, I think it's just a not fully fleshed out thought yet, but I'm going to share it anyway. We're like, I saw something that it was a video and it was a guy showing like one of those videos where it's one person doing both perspectives of the story. Mm-hmm. So he's going back and forth to himself as if, he's two character, as if he's two characters, very similar. <laughs> so the guy's talking about like hey, like, I'm about to go to the gym. Like, you ready? And he's like, nah, I'm not really feeling the gym today. And then he's like, oh, yeah, me either. And then he's like, all right, I'll see you later. And then he's like, wait, where are you going? He's like, to the gym. And he's like, I thought you said you didn't feel like going. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't want to go, but, like, I just go. Like, it's about the discipline or just going in without having any reason to go. Right. Or like, it's not like, oh, I'm going because I want to do this. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going because, like, it's just a part of my life. It's right. a part of my discipline, and I just go. And then the other guy's like, yeah, well, he ends up, like, coming around. But that was the main point is that, yeah. like, it should just be a lifestyle thing without even having any incentive or, like, it's just a part of you. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do that I don't necessarily, like, want to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I do it because... Basically just because, Mm -hmm. because I know it's like the right thing to do, like doing the right thing when no one's looking, that type of shit. Which Um, is so corny, but like, it's actually like very true. I mean, it's like, if you want to be a good person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm kind of like always have to be good about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sometimes means doing stuff that you like don't necessarily want to do. Um one other thing, uh, there's like so many different things to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought up the idea that like your basic mind is like space. I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, and how like everything is in space, like yeah. everything is in your mind, and it's also so expansive and like ever, 
like constantly expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also brought up how it's like pure, but not pure in the sense where like Catholicism considers pure, like without sexual mm-hmm. uh, intentions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that idea was cool though. Having your your just inside your brain, just space, bunch mm-hmm. of stars and planets and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty sick, dude. Um, and then he was talking about, well, we talked about how, like, you're not seeking enlightenment. Like, if you're enlightened, you're sort of just there already. But if you're, like, seeking enlightenment, you're not going to get there, which is a weird concept to sort of comprehend. Because, I mean, like, if just with like my little knowledge of like what monks are mm-hmm. and like what they do, my understanding or like my biased like opinion, I guess, is they're working very hard to like become enlightened or like reach enlightenment. But I think it's like they're not even making like an active effort to become enlightened. I think they're mm-hmm. just practicing the principles of their beliefs and whatever and then like through that just observing and doing all the shit then they become enlightened Mm. um and he talks about like how in the past it's been sort of stigmatized that like if you're like enlightened or like on like another plane then like you're gonna be in a trance or you're gonna be like non-responsive to stuff you're gonna be like basically like not even there but I feel like that's a lot of people. But he's making the argument that like truly enlightened people are like just going about their day like normally. Mm. But it's just like they. So you say they look the same? Yeah, they're like just they're fully engaged in the present moment and like with their reality. Uh. But like they're just doing their regular stuff. They're not like in a trance or like basically zombified i feel like for me like or even like interacting with so many different people that a lot of them are stuck in that like zombified state or like they just repeat things that like everyone says or like it's like they're just stuck in the echo chamber and it's just like so difficult to even like wake them up or sometimes i've kind of given up like yeah like they're just like npcs just like <laughs> dude AI i heard characters at the bar the other like a week ago uh i just noticed things that like people you know how like jokes like just in like pop culture mm-hmm. or like just in like society in general that everybody just uses all the yeah time, like um but like throughout my life like i've seen like some like oh this one gets popular and then it stops like the fucking fist bump and like explosion shit like Mm -hmm. that was like woohoo like everyone's doing it fucking it's so cool uh but one of the things (laughs) that i heard the other day that's like maybe not a it's like a lesser known one but i've like just seen its growth Mm -hmm. and i've seen i think it's plateaued now because i'm sick of it Mm -hmm. when people say like say they'll be like uh like, oh, my friend's like, yeah, she's a teacher. She's a 
yogi. She's a she's all the things. Mm. Like that shit. Mm. Like that shit got a laugh one day, and then <laughs> someone saw it get a laugh, and then they started saying it to someone else, mm-hmm. and then it's just taken off. Yeah, but that pro- was like years ago. Yeah, we're literally programming the matrix. Yeah, like that's what we are. <laughs> so it's like once you can see that, like, oh, you're just programming yourself. Yeah. And your programs for yourself program the matrix. I think that is where like you could really reach, right? Some kind of enlightenment. But that kind of thing, and I mean, annoys me. It shouldn't, but it's like that's a perfect example of like what I was talking about. Yeah. Perfect example, and you see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Or like people will just get so stuck, like, or they'll just say the same thing. Yeah, like, like oh, I'm dead. I'm screaming, like that type of shit too. I'll give you another be. like crazy example. Yeah, like. People who, and I was, I was, um, you fell victim to it. Yeah. For a little <laughs> bit. I was, I did. But then like, I broke myself out of it one day cause I was literally thinking about it and I ended up doing minimal research and ended up finding it to be true. And you'll, you who are listening to this and Mike, I know you'll probably hear it soon. Like very soon. Yeah. Where someone will go. Yeah, man. Like I'm just trying to buy a duplex, live on one side of it, rent out the other side. And then like, because my mortgage is lower than the other side, I'll just have them paying my mortgage. Like, and I'll live for free. I've said that a few times. The thing is, is that the people who really got successful off of that did it like in the mid two thousands to like mid to late teens. So people who have already bought those properties yeah are now selling them at a higher rate Mm -hmm. than when they would have originally bought them like 10 or 15 years ago so the people who have already made a bunch of money off of that have already moved on it and done it but now it's just something that like everyone just says and it's like they're just stuck in the system and it's like yo like i just want to shake people awake now like (laughs) no Well, I mean, all right, so we could tie that back to this. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's like people seeking like an answer to financial stability. Mm. Through financial stability. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what, at least in my life, like that's when I heard that for the first time Mm -hmm. when it was like my barber that was like, yeah, just like buy, like just buy a duplex, like rent out it rent it out to someone and mm-hmm. then like they'll be paying your mortgage and then that's like what you get a place to live and it's basically like free you pay mm-hmm. whatever uh i'm like oh that sounds perfect like i've been so stressed about like financial shit like mm-hmm. that seems like a perfect answer for not being stressed financially mm-hmm. um so i can definitely see why people like kind of attach themselves to that idea or think that's like a super good idea um that's funny that you've been hearing it so frequently though yeah and it's like i think it's just i thought i was getting some insider info back in my (laughs) yo in my barbershop i think it's i think it's just that like i'm really trying to hammer in my own self that like once too many people start talking about something Mm -hmm. that's when you know that you're probably too late to it yeah and like there are some things that not many people are talking about or are really anti that we actually talk about on this podcast that we're trying to get people hip to before like the mass start talking about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think we're in the right doing, we're in the right field doing the right thing. 
Yeah. But it's just crazy because it's so easy to just fall victim to it. Right. Um, I don't. And see, that's the thing. Like, like Alan was saying, like you're trying to actively go find that. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to find enlightenment so that like I can see these things coming. Yeah. But well, like, that's might not be possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right. like I'm trying so hard to attain it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something where it's like. It just has to, it as it is now, but it has to become even more of my lifestyle. Yeah. To the point where like enlightenment will just come to me. Um, right. It's basically, I think it comes down to just, you have to be super present so you can mm-hmm. notice, you can notice things. And like when opportunities arise, you can take advantage of those opportunities. Mm. Um, but it is so hard to like, I mean, capitalism, capitalism is moving so fast. Like it's so hard to like be on that, like cutting edge, like where the people make, so much money like astronomical profits mm-hmm. um like fucking bitcoin like the gamestop shit like what was the other one like pre pre crypto shit like yahoo or something like that like that's yeah like that. something like yeah um but it's hard to like be i mean especially in the financial world cuz it's just so like fast moving mm-hmm. um but like just being present, like you can be more present and like notice opportunities just like within your everyday life that you can take advantage advantage of if you which you like might have lost if you were actively seeking those types of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're like looking at a bunch of like APR rates and like interest rates and different like mortgages and you're just like spending all your time looking where you can find money there like you might miss out on like a i don't know just a cool life opportunity like meeting someone mm-hmm. or making a connection Going with on a trip or, yeah um so i think there's a lot of value to like this lecture and the ideas behind it um but yeah what do you think you think you're like actively seeking that thing though like the next the next big thing no so i actually so i don't think that i'm looking like that but i'm using the understanding that i already have to try and predict what i believe is going to happen next Mm -hmm. or like the places where like more of my money should be invested and naturally on i bet if someone's even listened to three even one, any random of our podcasts you could probably take a guess yeah but it definitely has to do around crypto and energy production right, yeah. so like i'm not going to say that here but i did have a an interesting idea um that just came to me i was just literally watching tv i was watching like a basketball game and then my ideas just started to flow and I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like these two random things go together. Like one's positive is the other one's negative. So like they can yeah. make up for each other's mm-hmm. pitfalls. And it was literally just I was watching the game and it like took me over where I had to like go sit down and like do math on like how <laughs> what I would need, like how much what type of space I would need, like different things like that. That's cool. So that was probably the first that was like one of the first epiphany moments I've had like of the year. Which was cool to like 
do and like yeah that's awesome that's like a cool moment where you're like figuring shit out and uh you see like a potential opportunity yeah and like i know naturally we this is an alan watts deep dive but i did want to speak about a book that i'm reading now yeah that has helped me so much with like being able to because it's easy to make small connections like the more educated you get or like the more reading that you do, whatever, it's easier to make connections on things that would seem so wildly different. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are usually the places where like true innovation comes. Yeah. And that's where like, I think enlightenment happens where like your opportunity and your preparation just meet each other. Yeah. Like you have to be in the moment to see that opportunity. Right. And your preparation is just going to like allow you to be able to seize that moment. Um, so yeah, this book is called, uh, why, why nations succeed and fail by Ray Dalio. Hmm. And he just covers a bunch of different, um, nations. Yeah. And, um, mainly ours, China, Russia, like all of the biggest ones of the past, like 300, 400 years. And, um, why they have succeeded or failed. And that is what kind of drew me to that, like that conclusion for that idea. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, when you're, well, I mean, it's almost like you were in like a flow state sort of, and everything was like clear to you. And then you like saw these connections. Uh, so that's like a real cool moment to have. Yeah, and it like and it's awesome because it brought like because sometimes I go on these like wild like the way that my attention works, I'll get super focused on something. Yeah. Like this is just disclosure. Tangents. Yeah. So I'll get really focused on like I'll usually have like wild thoughts, but then yeah. like one day it'll just be like, click, no, you're gonna get like an epiphany moment and then yeah. you're gonna go off on this wild tangent, like chasing this idea. And it's just cool. And it definitely resonates heavily with like the way that Alan Watts speaks about moments like that. Right. Like how they just come and you can't fight for them. If he wrote a book, we should read a book like <laughs> and do like a whole thing. No, I'm down to read a book. We this should book definitely right here. Fa- like, yeah, find a book that we both read, like both take notes on it and have like a full, like, no, I'm so down six with hour deep dive. I heard, so this was interesting information. I wish I wrote down the exact statistics used, but who cares? They're statistics. This is what some person ended up doing a study with and like seeing how many books like each person in each, in like different fields, like how often they read. Yeah. And the conclusion that this guy came to was that like, if you read a book, like one book a month, which isn't even that much, like you'll be like one of the more educated people like in your field really yeah and then it's like if you read a book a week you'd be a part of like the top like one percent most educated people in the world oh damn which is like there's a lot of people on earth so there's already i know there's probably some math people out here who are like oh that's not that many people like like that, that well that's so many people like so why does it even matter but it had like a direct correlation to how much money you made. Really? So even if you were working in like any type of field, like he was saying that there was a direct correlation to how much money you made and then how often that you read or like your upper limit. 
That's cool. Which I found kind of interesting here. I'm yeah. sure there's some people out there who are who don't read it all and make a ton of money, but yeah, I've been really wanting to read more. I read that Buddhist book pretty fast, and then I haven't really like caught the bug again. But I have like a ton of books that I've been meaning to read. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you just put like 45 minutes a day into it, like yeah, or even like, like 30 minutes, like yeah, 20 like minutes, half hour, 20 like minutes. It all adds up. Like yeah, it's so crazy how like like well. People will get these ideas. Like, I want to connect it to Alan. Well, people will get these ideas that, like, they're not capable of something or, like, mm-hmm. because they're in their day-to-day so much and they get stuck in a rut yeah. that it makes it difficult for them to make, like, any drastic change in their life. Yeah. But it's like, hey, like, when you're steering a ship, even just, like, the tiniest degree can bring you somewhere else when you're coming off, when you're mm-hmm. going across the ocean. You know right. what I mean? So it's like, we're not trying to turn this whole ship around. Like, we're just trying to get a degree. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just, I just want to get like a little bit of change. Right. And it all adds up. Like, and we all start from different places, but it's like, if you just even understand that, then you'll be able to like tackle change. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot better and manage it a lot more. And like grow through it and sort of welcome change that's like one thing that i'm learning i think is like i'm trying to keep my life spicy because that's like where the growth kind of absolutely occurs is like when you have to adapt absolutely Um, and it's the uncomfortableness like yeah i i believe that the most successful people on our planet are more comfortable they're they are more comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's like since they can manage them themselves being uncomfortable, like that's where they're able to do things that people who are living comfortable lifestyles are going to look and be like, that's like, how do you do that? Like, right. like what you're doing is magic. Like in the program, they said, they always say like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's crazy. It's just something that people say, but yeah, it just has so a much lot of truth to, to it. it. Yeah, yeah. I feel I had a, I had a group that I worked with. And they were nervous about moving to this new area because they're like, oh, like I'm claustrophobic here or like I'm not comfortable in the space. Mm -hmm. And it's like I understand that like you may have like predisposition. You don't usually it's someone who has a little bit of anxious tension and doesn't want to be in a new place. Right. But it's like. Those are things that like you could possibly get over. Like mm-hmm. your short ter- short short term emotion isn't shouldn't be the thing that dictates like where you live. You know right. what I mean? Like especially if it's like a steal of a place or you're gonna love it. Like yeah, just like people holding themselves back. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, that's a good point. Um, one other point I wanted to talk about is that he was talking about Alan Watts. Um, how there's like, right, there's positive and negatives to everything, but there's also positive and negatives to meditation. Mm-hmm. And um, like, for example, like a negative of meditation would be like seeking something th- via meditation. Uh, That'd be a negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I say positive? No, yeah. I was just making a judgment. Uh, 
Um, and then he said it's like it should be used medicinally rather than dietarily. Which I was confused, and I think I vaguely understand it now. Yeah. Um, but it's like basically like as needed, as opposed to like doing it all the time. But that doesn't. I mean, I think you're supposed to be meditating a lot if you're like trying to be super mindful. But um. Yeah. So like medicinally, I'm trying to digest it myself. Medicinally yeah. would be, I'm doing this because. It will help me and not like I'm doing this to my detriment. Oh, so yeah, that, that might be me. a better. Yeah, that's a better understanding of it. So like off. I'm doing this so that because it'll help what I'm trying to have it help. Yeah, it's not like opposed a, like a healing thing rather yeah. than like a I need to do this thing. Yeah, so I can get that. Right. Like, and yeah, it's true. And he said it's similar meditation, similar to LSD, which I thought was interesting because mm. he's definitely he's like a psychedelic aficionado, yeah. too. I think it has like like similar activation, like the similar places in your brain that yeah. activate when you take LSD also activate when you meditate. Really? Yeah. Um, I've seen like YouTube videos about talking about uh, microdosing and um, they all really like emphasize like. You should be microdosing, but like on top of that, you should also have like a regular meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, that's like very medicinal, mm-hmm. I believe, because mm-hmm. uh, it's like healing your brain or like you're making new connections in your brain. Yeah, right? and maybe like getting rid of bad connections in your brain, potentially. I don't know exactly, mm. um, but I thought that was interesting. That's interesting. Medicinal versus dietary. Which is something like I always whenever we talk about a philosopher on here, I always want to hammer home that a lot of these things that they're saying, you may not necessarily believe in any of it, but you can take some of it and apply to yourself like Mm -hmm. like you should not just with like meditation. You can switch that out with anything. Yeah. And it's like like working reading out. or working out yeah. should be using should be used medicinally and not dietarily. Yeah. So it should be something that should be like helping you and you know that like there is growth from it in doing that and like committing and staying consistent in that. Like that will help yeah. you. Like Nice dude. You fucking understood that better than me. Now I learned something. Let's go. We have to it's like what this is all about. And it's it's good for people who listen to it too. Like it's awesome. Yeah. Um, he had this like metaphor thing or maybe an analogy. I get those two words kind of mixed up, but he was saying, if you need to cross a stream, you would take a raft across the stream, but you won't carry it around with you afterwards. And, uh, upon hearing your explanation of the medicinal versus dietary, um that makes a little more sense now because it's like you use something when it's gonna help you but you're not gonna do things unnecessarily if it's like i don't know maybe i'm wrong no i want to think about that harder So we were saying medicinal versus dietary is like, you explain it one more time. Well, medicinally is, 
if it's going, you're taking it or doing it so yeah. that it can help something that you have with, like you're carrying. Mm-hmm. And then dietarily is like, I'm only doing this so that I can get to my end goal. Like I'm only doing this so I can see that end result. Okay. Not like there is no end result. Like I'm just doing this because it's good for me. Okay. Um, so like, I guess using the, the raft across the stream would be like using the raft sort of in a medicinal sense because it, it is helping you getting across the stream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but carrying it would be in a dietarily. Yeah. Like because you don't necessarily like, need it anymore, but. But you, th- I guess that would be like under the assumption that you think it's going to help you later. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just like something he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cool to analyze like his little analogy things. Mm-hmm. Um, Another interesting thing he talked about was um, how it's sort of like a conundrum that you go to a teacher or like a mentor and you're looking for something. Uh, But like his idea is that like you already have it. Um, I think that's... That sounds interesting to me. He also said something about like, it's like trying to bite your own teeth. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess my sort of understanding of it is that like learning external things from a teacher, like that can have benefit to you based on like your external activities but if you're going to a teacher and you're like trying to like either be enlightened or like be your best self then it's kind of like counterintuitive because it's like all done internally Mm. or like going to because i think about it like Like you try to find or go to a mentor to help you be a better like business person Mm -hmm. or like, and you want them to try and like teach you what they know about being a better business person. Mm -hmm. But from what my interpretation, what he's saying is that like you wanting to be that them or that version or a version of them is like already in you and it's mm-hmm. enough because like you just wanting that and what pursuing that is enough. Like you already right. have it. Like you, you don't need to like do anything else. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Like it doesn't, I yeah. think that would take a lot of pressure off you too. Like, right. Cause like, Oh, I need to get to this mentor and I need to have them like teach me everything and like yeah. show me everything. And like he's the answer to like me being whatever. Yeah. Or his story, like, or her, or her story is going to be the same noble is going to be the same as uh mine or like from your story like since you've been through this like how yeah. would you do this but it's like you're not me or like right. I'm not them so their story is going to be different but it is like confusing that like going to a teacher is like 
I guess, counterintuitive because you already have that thing inside you, sort of. Yeah, but then I I definitely know that people will try and poke holes in it. Because they'll be like, oh, like, you... Like you, sometimes you need someone to teach you something, right? Like, and I don't, which I is be- valid, yeah. And I believe I don't believe he's speaking about teaching. I don't, I don't believe that he's teaching about like information and knowledge. Yeah, I think he's teaching like, or he's trying to say that like you trying to learn directly under someone to be like you like wanting to better yourself is like the thing that's needed. Yeah, and, like you already have it because you're like seeking. Exactly. So it's not like, oh, I'm not, I don't need to go to them to like, I don't need to try They're and be like They're not going to have like the them. answers. Exactly. You're, you already like have it. Huh. We're figuring it out. <laughs> and it's good like, no, it's definitely fantastic stuff because it's applicable. Right. Um, I think just like two or three more points. Yeah, I want to, I'm all about touch it. On. Uh, Like, humans definitely have, like, control issues. Like, that's why we kind of fall into routines because we feel comfortable because we can, like, control everything within routines because mm-hmm. we, like, know what's going to happen. We know where, what part we're going to have in it. I love that you said that. That may, that resonates with me with that client. They're like, yeah. We're like, oh, well, why don't you want to move from this area? Mm-hmm. And they're like, this area has routine. Right. And it's like, I just want to like shake them awake. Yeah. Like you are literally trapped in the matrix. Yeah, you're like, just sitting there being comfortable. Like doing the same there's thing. There's so much shit going on around you that like you could be taking part in. So much difference. Like yeah. when will you ever be able, when would you ever be able to take an opportunity like this again? Like yeah. don't think of like your short, short term satisfaction of being like coddled and right. feeling okay for you to like go out there and try to do something drastic Mm -hmm. like and like the the crazy thing too is like people can make their expectations of the change like so astronomical that like that's what keeps them yeah just sitting comfortable because like they'll be like oh well like if i move there i'm gonna be completely miserable i'm gonna be like terrified the whole time Mm -hmm. when it's like probably like They'll be chilling. Yeah, it's they'll not going to be that. They'll be like maybe a little annoyed, maybe, mm-hmm. and have some differences. Like, but they'll adjust. Yeah, I mean, if they have the capacity to do so, mm-hmm. which they uh, do. Like, yeah, that's what humans are. Like, we, like the thing about it is, like, our mind limits ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you are made to adapt to whatever situation you're in. Like, right. that's just how organisms work. And it's like, as long as it's not life or death, like you will adapt. Like, yeah. It might be unfortunate and terrible in some cases, but right. You will. But that's like, yeah, that's how you like grow and experience shit is adapting and growing. Um uh he said uh which I completely agree with is like what makes things complicated is explanation. Um, Give me, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. I actually did enjoy that as well. Yeah. Like uh that's why I mean this is like I might take that I might like too firmly believe that because like there are some things where like if it's getting explained too much I just give up on trying to understand it mm-hmm. uh, and that can hold me back and that like might even fall into like 
me wanting a routine or like comfort because I don't want to like learn a whole new thing mm -hmm. because it's like fucking annoying to learn complicated shit. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about like, oh, there's a flower. Like, oh, well, how does it work? And then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, they got the endochromes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You probably know all of the yeah, parts of a flower. <laughs> yeah, legit, yeah. <laughs> but then they're like, oh, well, now it's super complicated. Like, yeah. even though you explained it, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was an interesting point. Um, and then he like brought up the question that how can you seek enlightenment if you don't know what it is? Because I mean, I feel by like his, by his definition, it should be easier, shouldn't it? Because you don't know what it is. It's like if yeah, you're trying to explain sort of, someone yeah. enlightenment, then it'll be a lot more difficult. Right. But like that's understand. when it's like it, people get it backwards because they're like, oh, I want to get enlightenment. And I just have to do X, Y, and Z, and then I'll, like, get to be enlightened. But, like, you don't even understand what it is because you haven't been enlightened. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't explain it to somebody. Like, right. it's something that you literally just got to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then he was talking about people want like new things like i'm definitely like seeking out new experiences mm -hmm. currently and some um, that are better like like mike is about to go on a trip right and like can't believe you disclosed that i'm going to disclose more <laughs> but so we've been in the process of getting an apartment moving out and naturally, we're both stressing over it. It's a, it's an annoying thing everyone has to do. But Mike ended up going on this trip, and it pushed back our timeline to move out. Even though we were already pushing it back, not on him. But the thing that is so fantastic about that is that why rack your brain about something that's going to be so short term? Like a couple extra months. Of right. living at home like is it that serious as opposed to something where you're about to go on this trip and create memories that you're going to have for the rest of your life mm -hmm. or would we rather us just move into this apartment faster yeah. and like not even have the ability to do that right and it's like it's just the short-term like mindset like mm -hmm. it has to be this way like i'm in a routine everything is great like i gotta move out like a lot of these th these thoughts or like anger or annoyance, like they're all short term emotions. Mm -hmm. You take them as they come, accept them, and you're able to do other things. But I just wanted to point out that that was like such a yeah. that was a better use of money, <laughs> like yeah. much uh, better use. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I know I'm gonna have a good time. I just haven't been actively thinking about it. No. Um either because I am trying to be super present or mm -hmm. because I'm just so stuck in past stuff mm -hmm. and like fear of the future. Mm -hmm. But that's another day. But you'll take those. The thing is, is like you live with that. Like yeah. instead of trying to fight it and be like, Oh, because I, because I've had past experiences that have been bad. Mm -hmm. Like I can't go on this trip. Like, yeah, because I don't, I don't have an apartment right now. I can't go on this trip where it's like, that's no way to live your life. Like right. live your life inside of a cage mm -hmm. and you're afraid of sounds and light. <laughs> like, but, um, 
yeah, the notion of like people wanting to experience new, I think it's like, in a sense, that's almost like, cause no one really understood, like going back to like him saying that, like, you don't really understand God. Like it's beyond our understanding. Mm-hmm. It's almost like new experiences almost have that like allure of being unknown and like beyond our understanding because we haven't experienced it yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why like people seek out new experiences. Um, and then he said something about like new is only relative to like old things. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. Cause like technically if you're like on a, like a crazy basis where like, I mean, every instant is a new instant. Mm hmm. And it's, like, only a new instant in comparison to the last instant. Mm -hmm. But everything's, like, ever-changing and always adapting and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I I really like this lecture. Mm -hmm. I want to press on, like, the fact that, like, we wouldn't be able to understand this being. Because I've said this before, but I would love to reiterate the fact that, like, that entity would live on a completely different time scale like Mm -hmm. completely different like so much to the point where like it wouldn't even matter for it to have like any form of conversation or like commune like there would be nothing to say Mm -hmm. like you just you live in such a tiny little amount of time like insignificant amount of time yeah that it just doesn't even matter like your whole species, our whole species is like that. Like in the blink of its eye, we would have a whole new, like yeah, <laughs> a whole new, like we wouldn't even be the same species. Like, mm-hmm. so it's completely different. Yeah. Shape. And it's gonna, that's just the way that it is. Like, so I, I enjoy the way that like, Oh, we're experiencing like we're the universe experiencing itself. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think like the main points that I took away from the lecture is like, you should try to try your best to be present, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of embrace change. At -hmm. least that's what I'm hearing from it. Mm -hmm. It could be different for other people hearing different things. Mm -hmm. Um, take what you can from it. Yeah. And then there's another point too. Um, my main is being present, present, Oh, not actively seeking answers for stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, it I is what like, it is. Right. You just got to like, like run with what's going on, make the best of it, adapt. Because mm-hmm. um, this is, and this is like a lot of people will get stuck where like, like the, like the fear of the future is, is when you have a fear of the future that presents itself in you as anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then when you have sadness from the past, and you have trouble like coping with that, that will interpretate itself as depression. Like that'll mm-hmm. show itself as depression. Right. Where it's like people get trapped and get like pulled between like these two crazy and they're extremes, never present. And then they're never present. Like right. they can never just be in the moment. And it's it's crazy because it's like they're like, Oh, I, I tried, I've tried to be present, I've tried to be present. It's like, yeah. yo, it's not something you try. Like yeah. you just are. Like mm-hmm. Me and, and then that's a form of enlightenment right there. You know what I mean? Right. Me and Gabe were talking about how they're like meditation sort of like popping off a little bit. 
and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I tried it, but I couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I sort of get that. Like, I can see... I think it's, like, a symptom of us, like, having just so much at our disposal at all times. Ridiculous. I wanted to go into social, but you finish Um, with that. Because, like, our brains are so much more cluttered than, like, say, like, the human brains of, like, in 1930. Mm -hmm. Because they they didn't have so much information at their disposal at all times. It's literally like you turn a faucet on, like, even higher. Mm -hmm. And, like our skull size has stayed the same. Yeah. Like back then it was like trickle of information and like you were able to fill up yeah, as right. a, the theoretical brain. Mm-hmm. But now it's like a hose is on and all the information that you're getting is also just as quickly leaving your brain. Like, right. Yeah. And I was thinking like, what, what is presence? Like what is presence on like TikTok? Right. Mm-hmm. People who have used it have not a lot of things that like happen when someone is on TikTok and uses it is that they'll go on and every time they swipe, they get another video immediately after like ridiculous to your brain, like hardwired dopamine. Um, and people will be on there for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes at a time. And I'm speaking from my own experiences a lot of time where you'll go through this feed and it'll be like, it'll be sick while you're doing it. Mm. And then you'll stop and it'll be like, damn, I just watched like 30 TikToks. Yeah. I watched like 30 TikToks and I, can barely remember like one or two of of what i just watched like you were present like you Mm -hmm. were there in the present doing that yeah but then after you're done it's like you how present were you you know what i mean like it's almost like where i mean i think we have too too much access to information than our brain has the capacity to process mm -hmm. and it's also like negatively affecting it because it's so much dopamine so quickly with like such little effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just like lose it. And then like, we can't even sit mm-hmm. without like having some sort of stimuli going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think a lot of people like, I think meditation popping off. Cause like meditation is a way sort of to combat that. Mm-hmm. but it's like a lot of people are like trying it and quitting because they're so caught up with the fucking they don't like, think the they, TikTok shit. Yeah. And they, a lot of times I bet people don't, don't even get to the point where they can see any of the benefits. <laughs> like no, some people no. will give it like, yeah, I tried it for like a week. Like I tried it for like a month. Not like, even like, I feel like people will try it for like 10 minutes and mm-hmm. then they'll be like, Oh, well I didn't get anything out of that. Cause I was just thinking about like, Oh, I'm nervous about this. I fucking, Last week, I fucked something up, so I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, well, what the fuck? Like, that was just, like, me just sitting with myself, and I didn't, and I didn't like it. But, like, that's sort of the... Un- that's where you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable, sort of. In Absolutely. one sense. There's, like, a lot of other areas where you can do that, but... Mm-hmm. Meditation's cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, I think that wraps it up. That was pretty cool. Mm. I like that. Me too. Uh, that was the deep dive of Alan Watts. Yeah. What was what it called? Um, you don't... I have it pulled up here. You don't know what you want because you already have it. Yeah. See, I already had it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what were you going to say, though? 
Um, you, I think you should let us know or something. Yeah, let us know how you guys feel about it or like your interpretations of some of like our experience with Alan Watts and his perspective on some things. Um, I would recommend to go give it a listen. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Sometimes I have my reservations with philosophers because I think they make things too complicated for the average person to understand. Like yeah. I get it. Like I'm fine listening to it and I like how it's so like his words are thick and it's hard mm-hmm. to like digest what he's saying. Right. But I think that there's to a point like, yo, if you really want to like educate people, you got to bring it down a notch because yeah. it, there's like a prerequisite of like how much you need to know. Like right. if you're not college educated, like you're not going to get this. Like, I would say like, um, it's almost like Gary V's sort of like a modern day philosopher, but more of like a motivational speaker. Cause he says shit that's like motivational like this and mm-hmm. like sort of reflective on upon like how you act and like how you operate yourself, but it's more digestible for like everyday people mm-hmm. where it's like, you just fucking do it, you yeah, know? Or and like, then like, um, like Rob Deerdeck is like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's always grabbing his forearm. Fucking freak. Yeah. Uh, good guy though. I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah. He's definitely provided a lot of people with opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, but the reason you said modern day, like philosopher, I was literally thinking Rob Deerdeck is something similar. Sort there's, of, yeah. a lot, there's a lot of guys who like, I'm sure we're missing that someone who's like a philosopher is going to be like, well, actually this guy's a true philosopher. Like, yeah, yeah. I get it. But there's all different types. Like mm-hmm. Rob Deerdeck from some of his recent interviews. I've been like, wow, like this dude is really, did you see him else. with uh Chris D'Elia? I don't think so. He, they did like a fight companion where they watched the fight him Rob Deerdeck, uh, Brendan Schaub, and Brian Callen. And he was saying some cool shit. He was saying, like, he's on some crazy rich person diet, and they were making fun of him, saying he's, like, drinking baby blood. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He was on some, like, he's like, oh, like, he would take time out of his day to figure out, like, why he's stressed, where his stress is coming from. Yeah, that's cool. That's something that only a super rich person could do, though, but... (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean i try to do that in moments like where it might not be like in the present moment but i'll be like reflecting on the prior day i'll be like why the fuck did that bug me so much or sometimes in the present moment if it's like really pressing i know we tried to wrap it up but i want to ask this question and it's yeah. kind of applicable so like he's saying that you should be present and do these things so that like you can reach your goal Mm-hmm. but not be actively trying to like pursue your goal because sometimes that can like hurt you like in the action of trying to like pursue something like because it's like oh i have to do this so i can get that but it's like oh you have to become that person who is going to take that goal you know what i mean yeah or like at the at the crossroad of your opportunity and like your preparation which is you becoming that person yeah like that's when you'll be able to seize that goal, but not just trying to chase it and like retroactively be like, I have to do this so I can do that. Like I got to be this way so I can be like that. Yeah. So to my question. Yeah. Like does Rob Deerdeck, did he like, did he do all of those crazy things and then like it accumulated into his wealth or did like he like, 
just gain his wealth. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a like a fortune type thing. Like oh, like he was able to like then amass this wealth from here. Like or his family already had money. Or is it like yeah? Was he always that person? Or is it something like I mean? There's a ton of variables, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think on the basis of like just wealthy people or people who are like successful financially. I think it is sort of like a chance thing. Um, I would say like they all must have some sort of sense of enlightenment because if they weren't, I feel like they wouldn't be like Rob Deerdeck wouldn't be able to do what he's doing Mm -hmm. if he weren't like super present and like, kind of like knows who he is. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, like did he reach his enlightenment? when he became wealthy or was he enlightened and no, that I think just like showed that like he, and then it like, that's what I think showed itself in his success. Right. Cause I think like, I'm sure there's a ton of super enlightened people out there that are like homeless mm-hmm. or like not doing well financially just because of like the, just their roll of the dice sort of mm-hmm. like what they have been given or what opportunities have showed themselves to them, but maybe they're living their best life. They just don't have money. Mm-hmm. It has many different ways to reach enlightenment. I was so shocked at how happy the homeless people were in California. Really? Like, I'm sure some of those guys were enlightened. These dudes yeah. were full on happy. Like, and I bet they some of them live I mean, terrible, s- tough lives. In like, a sense, like in one weird sense, like it's almost easier mm-hmm. when you're homeless because you don't have any material things to be attached to. So that kind of limits that can limit some of your suffering. Mm. because you don't have like things that you can lose mm-hmm. and like things that can disappoint you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, crazy. You can reach enlightenment on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I wonder where like the middle class sits. We're just fighting for our lives. We're just trying to stay comfortable. Fucking mm-hmm. stay comfortable. Yeah. Doing what people tell us. <sighs> yeah, that's cool. I like that. But yeah, I love the lecture. I love this pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at DTMS underscore podcast uh i'm probably gonna post a poll about like something alan wants or like mm-hmm. just like a questionnaire because mm-hmm. this episode is going to come out next week so all right uh yeah stay tuned thanks for listening all that see jazz see you